What's up? This is Keyshawn Vaughn, and you're listening to Roster Watch. gentlemen roster watch nation welcome back to the epic roster watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com and today what fortune have we oh one of our favorite guests one of my best friends in the industry one of my great friends just irl his name is matt kelly you know him as the pod father you can find him on twitter at fantasy underscore mansion he's the uh He's the boss of all things at Player Profiler at RotoWonderworld.com. He's got the draft kit out right now. He's got the breakout finder. He's got the Dynasty Deluxe. He's got the, Matt Kelly. What the hell do you not have going on, brother? Awesome to see you. We, Alex, <laughs> are the fortunate ones. <laughs> we are the fortunate ones. Because today what we're going to be doing is we are going to be weaving a, a, a magical uh, fairy tale, a, a, a fairy tale of NFL divisions, a fairy t- fairy tales of various storylines in the NFL as they um, as they have to do with fantasy football. We'll go division by division. I'll have one. Matt will have one. But Matt, just be- before we get started on the on the on the meat and potatoes of this thing, tell the people what you got going on going on. A player profiler. Let them let them let them know what's going on. Give them the links. Give them the give them the hits. Playerprofiler.com is the place to go to get the information you need on players. Right. So whether it be advanced metrics, whether it be takes, you name it, there's not an advanced stat that you need that is unavailable at playerprofiler.com. So you go to playerprofiler.com. You can get everything from the players workout metrics, all their 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 college stats, their advanced on field efficiency metrics, everything. Is there, And then we have all these advanced tools, whether it be our draft kit, whether it be our data analysis tool, whether it be our Dynasty Deluxe package, which is the full suite of Dynasty tools. We'll be rolling out a DFS package soon. That's the next thing we're working on. So we are working very uh, intensely at Player Profiler. You and I have talked about this. You make hay when the sun is shining. Now is the time people need fantasy tools right now. And we are building fast and furious everything that you need. And it's very easy to use. So it's a very easy drag drop. Uh, We give you the data so that you can build your own projections and rankings. Or if you just want the answers to the test, we also give you the answers to the test as well. It's all there as well as our podcast. You follow me at fantasy underscore mansion. That's the place to go to see everything we're doing. Yeah, man. And you guys go do it. I, I mean, most of y'all already know Matt, but you guys know these, these guys are like brothers to us in the industry and we really respect everything that they do. So Matt, we're going to get started. We're going to go division by division. And I, I got, and I got I, Adam I, Troutman just, just now in a league, just so you know. 
In which round? And in and in what kind of league? In a be, in a best ball league against uh, a number of, uh, of heavy hitters in the industry. Just Tied a heavy, in premium a heavy, or? a heavy hitter underdog league. Okay. So it's a best ball uh, draft master half PPR, and I only drafted two tight ends. Normally, in in a lot of these best ball leagues where you can't access the waiver wire, you're you're drafting three tight ends. But I said, you know what? I, I'm such a believer in Adam Troutman, and the reason I bring up Adam Troutman is because we discovered him together at the Senior Bowl. Yep. And it was just fantastic to talk to him and to watch him just completely kill it. <laughs> yeah. At the Senior Bowl in a way that we haven't seen since Dallas Goddard, and he happened to be best comparable to Dallas Goddard. And we crunched all the numbers. Isn't that crazy? Like Isn't that crazy? I mean, because, because we talked about that. We, like, we, we talked about it we, yeah. we, while we were watching him. The yeah. beauty is with a guy with some of these guys like Adam Troutman. The beauty is, is that their stylistic comps align with their actual analytic comps. And when that happens, when a guy looks like he's super quick and explosive, and then mm-hmm. and then the, the 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 metrics come in and oh, he is that. Right. So when these guys line up, when everything lines up mm-hmm. and what you see on the field at the senior bowl, for example, is reflected in their workouts at the combine, for example, and is also backed up by their resume at the college level where he's putting up double digit touchdowns at Dayton and is basically their number one receiver. They're like, OK, great. And then you, we go to the senior bowl and we watch them in blocking drills and they're pancaking these first round yeah. picks, stodgy, stodgy old football guy down there on the sidelines with his wet cigar, just saying like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I yeah. love the looks of this guy. Yeah. yeah. So like the NFL industrial complex. Yeah. So, so now him. the NFL, yeah. he's, he's mm-hmm. checking the boxes. He's, 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 he's just, he's hitting all the notes. Yeah. Right. He is just hitting all the notes in the, in the orchestra pit. He's hitting all the right notes that the conductor mm-hmm. wants. Yes. To, you know, get drafted on day two to come in and now all of a sudden he's an effective blocker. He's catching everything at the highest catch rate in the NFL among tight ends last year. So he's proven to the coaches that he can be this multi-purpose weapon at tight end. And you just play him as a, as a two-way player. Don't need to worry about a move tight end. You just, just play Adam Troutman. And so when we see all of this come together, the moon, the stars align, then we can have the confidence in an underdog draft, for example, to say, well, I'm going to draft Adam Troutman and then one other one other tight end. Oh, yeah. And, and those are it. That's it. I'm good. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay pat because while maybe others in the industry feel like there's uncertainty. They need a third. With, yeah. yeah with with third. Adam Troutman, they might go yep. maybe pick up a third tight end because they're just not sure. Like, maybe what we saw last year translates into this year. And we're like wagging finger like, no, no, no there's mm-hmm. no maybe. There's no maybe of Adam Troutman. Okay. Adam Troutman is a stud. Adam Troutman is a stud and he's doing things earlier than Dallas Goddard did. And so if, if all the reasons that you like Dallas Goddard, you should be loving Adam Troutman and more. You should be caping up for Adam Troutman because Adam Troutman legit wears wears a cape. He's just a he's just a he's a superhero, man. Just get um, ready, get ready. I mean, people are like, oh, yeah. who's the next uh, tight end to enter the big three? As if they saw like Darren Waller coming. No one saw Darren Waller coming, <laughs> right. right? George Kittle was a day three pick. Okay, so you didn't see him coming either. You could pretend like you did. Oh, he's an incredible athlete. Okay, I understand that, but until we saw it, we didn't know it with Adam. Tr- well. 
with, with Kittle. Well, we, we haven't quite seen it yet, but we're telling you, like, get ready. Like, get hey. ready. Like, there's two candidates this year to who's going to move into the big three. If there's someone's going to get bumped out, someone has to move in. It's either going to be TJ Hawkinson or it's going to be Adam Troutman. Longer term in dynasty, especially knowing that's the type of ceiling this player has. That's the guy you got to go get. There's a million things you brought up TJ Hawk and that's something there's a million things I always want to talk to you about, man. But, but just quickly, um, I know that's best ball. So in best, and I've been so busy with these running these simulations using the redraft cheat sheet and using the redraft ADP from, you know, all the different sites, ESPN, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, and NFL.com, which is different from, it's different from uh, best ball ADP over on underdog and especially at tight end because, you don't have the waiver wire available to you in these leagues. And so you can't just, you can't just completely punt away tight end. And it, it makes these guys have to go earlier. So yeah, I'm going to get, go early. You're, what I'm you're, saying, what I'm saying for people in traditional leagues, right? Is this, the, the, the larger point for the wider audience for traditional leagues is uh-huh. you can wait on tight end. If you, you feel like you get value on TJ Hawkinson, please take him because like the, the, he has no target competition and he was just a bigger, better, faster, just basically an, an upgraded version. Just hit the upgrade button on George Kittle at Iowa. That was TJ right. Hawkinson. So he, you, before you go ahead Pitts, and, he was the best tight end prospect we like we've really seen. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like I think he's a better tight end prospect. I, I if I were starting a franchise today, I would rather have Hawkinson than Pitts. That that's how hmm. good Hawkinson is. So I would love Hawkinson if you can get him at value and you're, there's not a big trade-off in the middle rounds where, the, oh, is it really, there's a running base. Okay, maybe you want Trey Sermon. He has RB1 upside. Okay, go ahead and try. But once those guys are off the board, yes, TJ Hawkinson. But if maybe you're drafting a quarterback, okay, I want to make sure I, I, have a, a, I want Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be fully unlocked this year. Okay, go ahead. Take all the – wait because Troutman's out there. And Troutman will be – you know, the perfect, like I haven't seen a late round tight end that's aligning so perfectly to enter maybe the, maybe the top six tight ends this year while getting him at, you know, the, the, you know, the last tight end drafted in your league, that it's just a great opportunity this year for Troutman, because this is the last year. This is the last year next year in 2022, we're going to be a different conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, no, so totally. this is the year that we have these rare opportunities where we've seen the guy at the senior bowl, the level of certainty on a late round guy breaking out. I've never been this certain at any player at any position. And it's just a nice thing to do. So yes, you could draft Kittle. Yes, you can draft Waller, but the trade off in those rounds is so severe that it's just this great gift that you can get Troutman and sure you can get move up around and get him around ahead of ADP. You're still better off that way because it doesn't even matter who the, who the quarterback is. If it's Jameis Winston, then it's going to be more prolific. And if it's uh, Taysom Hill, I think Troutman's not, not quite as attractive, but he sits in that number three receiver role. I think he's going to have more targets than both Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. I mean, who's going to have it? Yeah, dude. That's, that's, I mean, so that's we, what you want. You yeah, want I mean, the guy that's in the top three uh, in the target distribution. And not so not only do we believe he's in a vacuum, incredibly talented, but also you know, in that rarefied air of we know coming into the season, he's 
top three in the pe- target pecking order. I just I just got finished just now um, pulling in our pulling in all the defensive uh, the projected defensive starter data for our tight end strength of schedule tool. Oh, oh and oh. like the uh, the the Saints not a not a completely high end projected strength of schedule, but a better than average strength of schedule. Do you know who, who has the best strength of schedule on this? Just out of just. It, it looks like Noah Fant is, is just set up to absolutely murder. Maybe we could, maybe we could just start. I know you were the, I, I, I know you're heading up to Maine you, and, 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 and you are the king of the, the king of the North, as far as I'm concerned. I am the king Maine. of the North. I'm the king of the North. I'm also the king of destroying other people's show sheets and whatever <laughs> plans they have for the show. We just rip up that show sheet, but, but there's also, but, but I am a, 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 a raging hypocrite. In that, if you come on my show, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a show sheet that is the yeah. the, the most intricate, detailed show sheet. We're gonna go to every question, even if it takes three hours. <laughs> but when I come on other people's show, yeah. I don't care about their show sheet. I don't bother with their show sheet. I run the show I want to run. Yeah, there you go. So right. Let's talk Noah Fant. Noah Fant's very interesting in that he did share that that Iowa passing game with T.J. Hawkinson. In that final year, T.J. Hawkinson was more productive than Noah Fant. And an interesting thing happened. John Elway and, and now company, because he's now long technically not the general manager, I understand. Right. But they brought in a Cooey Boonham. So now they have a Cooey Boonham who was commanding a similar target share for a set of weeks last year yep. to Noah Fant. It was very frustrating if you had Noah Fant. Remember that? Remember that? Remember the Cooey Boonham? It was annoying. Oh yeah, well, I mean, especially the especially the the few end zone targets. I mean, he it, he, he siphoned off a few of those. You have to hope that Akui Boonham is not one hundred percent, but Akui Boonham was incredibly athletic, like shockingly so. Like ran as fast as Noah Fant, but Noah Fant was the first round pick, so people don't think of Noah Fant as being a similar athlete to Akui Boonham. Like they think of different guys, but really they're similar dudes athletically and i just don't see how noah fant can break through in that offense with Cortland sutton coming back he doesn't project if you're if you're telling me okay you're the number three in new orleans with Jameis winston that's different than being right. the number three with another tight end who also has in, in, in an exciting and explosive talent profile. And it's like, I mean, it's, I mean, and everybody wants KJ Hamler to break out and everybody said like, there's too many like, guys that Patrick. people want to break out. Yeah. The most productive receiver last year was Tim Patrick. So we're, we're pretending Tim Patrick doesn't exist. Right. It's just like the same thing with some of these ambiguous target shares, like in Indianapolis, we have to first, what the fantasy, what, what the fantasy analysts always do, which is this sleight of hand trick that drives a, a, a lot of sharp people crazy is that they first start by dismissing the guy that's inconvenient. So Zach Pascal's inconvenient. Pretend he doesn't exist. Okay? <laughs> right. Well, Tim, Patrick's inconvenient. That, Tim Patrick's right. just inconvenient when you're running projections. Uh, just pretend he doesn't exist. There's no Tim Patrick. Well, no, there is a Tim Patrick. Those are some that's wacky projections, right? Those are some right? wacky so, projections. Yeah, I mean, so we, we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and now Cortland Sutton <laughs> it demands alpha targets. I mean, yeah. if any receiver in the league looks like a, a proper alpha other than DK Metcalf, it's Cortland Sutton, Jesus, right? He does, yeah. And so you have Cortland Sutton is, is an alpha's alpha. 
and and you have Jerry Judy, who was number six in the league in air yards last year, which is crazy, but also understandable because Drew Locke just pushes the ball downfield so recklessly. But you can't have it both ways, right? If you're Jerry Judy, you're like, oh, it'd be nice if we had Teddy Bridgewater and the, and the targets would be more accurate. Yeah, but you're not getting the air yards you were getting mm-hmm. with Drew Locke. So there's a compromise there. So every time I look at Denver, it feels like there's a compromise that needs to be made in order for anything to make sense rationally. Plus you have the fact that they have an above average defense and an above average running game. So you know that, and this is an an, an old school philosophy front office and coaching staff. So it's not like they're going to be opening up the offense and going 70% pass. They're not going to do that. Oh, fans. No. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, it's not happening. So now you start thinking, okay, the defensive head coach. Okay. Wait, what, how, why who's right? coaching so it, for, who's like coaching for his job this year he's not going to get away from his founding principles i love Cortland sutton i think jerry judy is exciting he exceeded expectations last year i know he dropped a lot of passes and nine fantasy points a game not impressive but those air yards were hella impressive and i love noah Fant. i mean who doesn't love his athletic profile he's 98th percentile burst score agility scores across well, it's the just, board i mean with noah fans just like how many tight ends are like him in the league where they get the ball in their hands and they're a legitimate threat to take it to the house just and he's gone like, he's just yeah. gone and then now you're telling me oh well he has the easiest tight end schedule it, it's all lining up and it seems great but the math on the target distribution doesn't add up with any of these characters no no one the only guy on denver where i can see someone at the end of the season going oh this was this was a critical pick that i made this 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 was made this made all the difference this made is javante williams because there the competition is just melvin gordon and one of the key data points that we look at in the uh mini camp news reports so you first start off by crumpling up pieces of paper and throwing them away most of those mini camp reports are actually just <laughs> speculation that is masquerading as reporting so right. fuck that you know i don't care what beat reporter x thinks especially you know, when a lot of them don't really understand too much about what's even going on out there i mean you know. if you said if they were running projections Right. Mm-hmm. If they were run, if the beat reporters were running projections, the team would be throwing the ball 900 times. <laughs> right. Like they can't even do math. Yeah. Right. right? It's like John Gruden. Like it's like, no, you don't. That's not, that's not possible, John. Yeah. All these, all your players can't have a thousand yards. It's not or, possible. Do the or, math. Or, or we want to get each, each, each running back 20 touches. This it week. doesn't make sense, right. John. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. You go back to school. Right. So the, it, but with a, a Javante Williams, see, Melvin Gordon doesn't report to minicamp because he's his feelings were hurt that Javante Williams was drafted. Understandable, right? If if Roto Underworld drafted a new or a, a, a co-host for the for the Mind of Mansion show that I host by myself for the last however many years and didn't ask my permission or tell me about it, I'd be really hurt. It would hurt my feelings a lot. Well, you would. You, you should just fire the guy who did it. Well, I should fire that. <laughs> I would then have to fire the guy that did that and fire myself. It'd be a very, right, I right. mean, it would be a, it would be a real meta mess of yeah, a situation there. I've got an inception. Kind of. Right. I'd be inception myself. <laughs> and then yes, it'd be in a dream state. It would yeah. be confusing. Sure. So <laughs> I, a couple reports really stood out to me. Uh, in the mini camp, number one was Melvin Gordon missing mini camp and then just letting Javante Williams establish himself 
with no other running back other than Mike Boone as a comparison point, number one. But even more than that was at least Melvin Gordon was a veteran, right? And 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 it was understandable that he was frustrated. It is. It is. So and, and, and he's also has a resume where he was a top five fantasy producer mm-hmm. uh, for like multiple years. Yeah. Once a full season, once for eight games. And then you take another running back where there's no excuse for that shit. And that's Keyshawn Vaughn. So this, this, this actually, I rarely ever get upset. I rarely ever get triggered or tilted, but I was offended. I was legitimately offended that a player like Keyshawn Vaughn that has everything to prove, everything to prove on the team that demands that you just take your strength and conditioning and preparation to the next level Mm -hmm. that he would skip while the Leonard Fournette's and the Ronald Joneses and the Giovanni Bernard's show up. Like who the hell does he think he is? What the fuck was that? And what is, and and honestly, what the fuck is his agent doing? What are you I mean, doing in what, general? What is There's the, no excuse. It doesn't what, matter. Yeah. It's like, oh, my grandmother died. So your grandmother would want you to have a career in the league. <laughs> yeah. Millions of dollars for your family are at stake. I'm sure your grandmother would want you to skip it to go to camp. There's nothing that could happen well, that could keep well, you from camp with well, Tom grand, Brady. He's well, good enough. Tom die? Brady's. You're too good, but Tom Brady's not. What? How? It, 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 just, it was, I well, was all, flabbergasted when I heard that. I was like, are you kidding me? And so of all the offseason news, that report dropped him in our dynasty rankings more than any other player dropped because of any news item. Well, for, I mean, I mean, condolences to his grandma, Jesus. So, I mean, that, that's all. I made that up. I, <laughs> okay. I, anything okay. you can think of well, isn't a right. good enough excuse. Sure, sure, yeah. There's he, no excuse. You're, you're saying he should have been the, the first one thing. there. He right. should have been the first one at camp. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even a football guy. I'm a numbers guy. And even I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Keyshawn, get your head out of your ass. It, Meanwhile, a- Mac Jones is showing up an hour early to practice and just – doing these lunges back and forth on the field for hours of course waiting for the team to show up like you should be be that guy yeah if you want a career and it's not like oh well you know he cares about other things in life than money right or you know he this is wait a second do you know what you can do with millions of dollars like there's so much at stake right it's like the wealth for your entire family is at stake. This is the year too. This is the make or break year. You're washed out if you fail this year. So on so many levels, I was just so flabbergasted. I, w- I wanted to start out with the AFC North since you're the king of the North, but we've already gone AFC West. We've talked. We've, we've talked Adam Troutman. We've talked. We've talked. We've done uh, NFC South. Yeah. So we've done we've AFC talked, West. AFC we just West. did. We just did. And we just did NFC South. Yeah. So we can mark. Is, is oh, that, we doubled up on well, the wait, NFC South. NFC see, South. How I ruined the show. Yeah. 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 This so I figured. ruined it. Where I doubled up on the NFC South. Well, I'm are, sorry, but those, I had to get out. I had to talk about Keyshawn Vaughn because right. we saw him at the Senior Bowl. Right. So I. I, I'm all about relevancy. Right. When I think of Allen 
and I think and, of and you on the Byron, and I think of the trash man. And I think of Alex Dunlap. I think and, the senior bowl, you guys are the master of the senior bowl. So I'm thinking Troutman and I'm thinking this goddamn Keyshawn Vaughn. And you're character. talking bullshit news reports, ones you can trust and ones you can't trust. And the ones that you can trust is, That's the, is the concrete information. If you're not dropping Keyshawn Vaughn after right. hearing that, then, then you're, you're not, you're, you might as well just not ever read a news report for the rest of your life. AFC North, as I read the news reports or the fake news reports, as as uh, you might say, where it's it's a writer opinion, um, writer opinion masquerading as some kind of actual report from the yes. team. Yes. And, and, and so here's here, here's what it is with the, in Cincinnati with basically one of the guys from the athletics saying that he thinks that it could be a situation where there's five players on that team that get 50 catches and that the target is the target's saturation is not going to all be there. When I think of five, so it's the three wide receivers. And he's he said, talking about you. This is an Uzoma take. This is how I saw Uzoma, Uzoma start yep. to get drafted in the Scott Fish Bowl. Mm-hmm. I saw Uzoma's ADP spike. And we have it. We have the underdog ADPs listed right on player profiler, and you can see the little trend. And then Uzoma, just his trend line is just straight up. It's like a hockey stick because some guy at the athletics said he's going to get a bunch of targets. And that's true. That's true. I think Uzoma is a sneaky uh, tight end to add, just like he was last year. But the targets are ultimately going to consolidate around those three guys. The big three are all values as far as I'm concerned. And... I love T Higgins. He was super efficient last year. I think Jamar Chase, one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen. And Tyler Boyd's a value because the beauty of what Zach Taylor does. Also, we saw Zach Taylor at the senior bowl. I talked to him. Friend of friend of the road, friend of the friend of the show. Yes. Friend of the Sonic truth podcast. Zach. Hey, you can tell these ex quarterbacks, these quarterbacks, man, that guy said like, this is Zach Taylor. You're listening to the Sonic truth dynasty podcast. It's like, it's like, that's a guy who said like, you know, you know, red 11 jet, you know, jet flight. Like, like he's, you, you tell him one thing once he spits it right back. There's a difference when you're talking to a Jalen hurts or you're talking to a Zach Taylor or you're just a difference between those guys. Chris Polk, I couldn't get an ID out of him after 10 tries. I just finally had to give up. Why did that, that happen to me with LaMichael Piron? LaMichael, these are running backs. Running back quarterback, just a different yeah. ball game. Yeah. So Michael, he just kept calling it the, the Sonic Truth Dynasty Bobcast. Oh, that's it, right. Yeah, it was just a, it was no, it was just a, a little verbal thing, yeah. but it, it it was funny. It was great. We kept it in, and, and now it's like a it's like a now a notorious right. it's like our most used station ID was the one that the guy flubbed because it was it was great. It was like that that old MailChimp podcast ad where where they called it MailChimp. And then it made it to Saturday Night Live. Like uh, that that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff resonates. It's funny. But Zach Taylor understands the power of the pass. So if you have a coach that understands the power of the pass, I'm I'm a fan of your players, mostly your passing game players. And in neutral game script situations, especially with Joe Mixon on the field, where he's so versatile, they were just passing the ball at, with reckless abandon, which is exactly what you want for fantasy football. So that's the reason. The reason why is Uzoma's not a target magnet tight end. Mixon's not a target magnet running back. So that's why the number two and number three receivers on that team, wide receivers, are so attractive and such great values and why I'm just trying to get all those guys. Because I think that, the Bengals are going to be better, 
but they're going to have to outscore teams. Their defense is still oh, going to be so below bad. average. Mm-hmm. But you got to get ready for the Bengals to make a step forward. And if they take a step forward, and we think the Browns have one of the best overall rosters in the league, they're a very talent-rich, deep team, as is Baltimore. Now the door is open in the AFC North for the Steelers to finish last. The door to the basement is open, and the Steelers are walking down the stairs. The Steelers with the worst offensive line in the league via Terrible. our new tool up at get Roster ready for Westbrook. it. It's been it's get ready it's, for it. it. It went from like number. It went from like I mean they lost David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, and Villanueva all in one season. Get ready. Um, get, 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 prepare your body for that. And in Baltimore, Rashad Bateman is incredible. Get ready for Rashad. Rashad Bateman looks like this year's Justin Jefferson in that this is the year he emerges right off like week two or three. He establishes himself as the number one. Wouldn't that be quickly. something? Just very quickly. I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Jefferson. They're not going to throw the ball enough. Like, yeah. uh, hello. Of course, he can't be Justin Jefferson because he doesn't have Kirk Cousins. He doesn't have that that uh, defense that was the most injured and 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 uh, you know shootout prone defense in the league last year. Their defense, by the way, got a lot better. Rick Spielman did an incredible job in the draft. This, this replenishing season, that into defense. This season, yes. Yeah. So yeah. the the Minnesota defense, they're going to get back to Dalvin Cook running the ball. I don't think Justin Jefferson's a value this year for that reason. But if you had to pick the wide receiver that goes out and establishes himself as the team's number one right away, other than Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith, that guy would be Rashad Bateman. Oh, and and so you just you just mentioned Justin Jefferson. We can move to the NFC North, but just while while I have you here on on Mixon, are you guys taking Mixon above Antonio Gibson or Austin Eckler? Not ahead of Eckler, no, no. Because are you? T- but are you taking him ahead of Gibson? Be- I've seen this before. This is this is this was crazy. I saw the same analysts. The, these you know how these zero RB analysts are, where they're just trying. To they are off. growing in number too. Yeah, they're. Just- pick off all the running backs and, and besmirch them. Right. Yeah. So the, the, I love this, this with Eckler, it was the uh, Eckler doesn't have enough between the tack. doesn't have enough between the tackles touches. So his, his opportunity share isn't high enough to be considered a workhorse in quotes. So that's why you shouldn't be drafting Austin Eckler at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. However, however, uh, other r- running backs, are great values because they're catching passes, and and that's what matters. Dude, like, what, what are they? What about these dirt balls that they pick later on? It's better, and and then and then and beyond that, uh, Damian Harris should be ignored because all of his touches are between the twenties, and he's not active in the passing game. So I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. If you just told me that the touches Damian Harris is getting are not valuable, then why am I heavily discounting Austin Eckler because he's not getting those touches? Like, <laughs> make stupid. up your fucking mind, man. No, I get I, I understand that you're trying to craft a narrative against every running back in the league so you can start your draft wide receiver times six and flush your team down the toilet the moment that the draft is over. (laughs) I understand that's fun for you. I get it. It's cool. And you think you can just go get Mike Davis and there's no one else competing for Mike Davis in the waiver wire. Mm. I I get it. Cool. Go, go do you right in your, your, in your mind's eye. 
the team you're going to get on waivers with your yeah. waiver wire running backs is going to be is going to be you're going to get the, the the CJ Anderson from 2015. You're going to oh get all God. these guys, and they're going to you're going to ride them to a championship in the second oh, half. Yeah. I, I get it. The whole you, way. Yeah, even though you start two and five, mm-hmm. you're, you'll you'll come back strong. You'll get your CJ Anderson. You'll get your Mike Davis, and you'll be great. And it's going to be a fun way to 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 uh, really thread, show the rest of the guys. Yeah, yeah thread the needle, <laughs> right? You'll be, you'll be able to thread the needle. You'll be able yeah. to shoot through the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, like the like the golfer who cuts off the par five, mm-hmm. the dog leg. I get it. You're trying to cut off the dog leg, and I know it's a low probability play. You don't realize how low the probability play is, but go again. Go do you. Go go be zero <laughs> RB flag waiver zealot guy. But please leave Austin Eckler the fuck out of it. The 2021 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed as long as you follow the rules, the three simple rules that a toddler could follow. This sheet is magical, it's mystical, it is mythical. It is the Rosterwatch cheat sheet only at rosterwatch.com. I get it. And 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 shouldn't these and shouldn't these zero RB charlatans and frauds be the ones that are pumping up Damian Harris with as affordable as he is in drafts right now? I t- no, 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 they don't like any running back. No, no, okay. no, 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 so no, it's just no, all no, of them. No, no, no. It has to be a pass catcher in an ambiguous backfield oh, okay. who's being drafted around 15 or beyond. So the running backs they're drafting Gio, are Gio, Gio Bernard, Bernard only. <laughs> and James White. So they're okay. fixated on Gio Bernard and James White. Okay. And they're they're gonna they're gonna ride those guys early, and they're gonna get Mike Davis, and they're gonna make sure that because no one else in their league is competing for these pickups, right. no one else is bidding on these guys. There's they're 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 gonna be number one in the waiver order because they're gonna be in last place, and so they'll get these running backs, and they're gonna roar back. And that's the, that, that that's the, that's that in practice that's the strategy. So and and then and it's funny that those teams don't end up winning leagues. But I mean, the narrative constructed around how it's going to work, it's just, I think it's, you can see how smart people would fall for that. Like that it's fun. It's like a fun game to play. How hard can I make this and still win? It's what happens with every cult. It's it, it's literally what happens with every cult. It is you can, zero. You fall, it's a, zero RB is a cult. That's it's true. A, yes, I've, I've said it a million times. We're 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 talking about legitimate domestic terrorists. Um, <laughs> let, let's let's move on. Hey, so we we kind of talked about the NFC North. Of course, the of course the uh, of course the title of the show is the most important storylines from each 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 division. Um, the NFC North. I don't know what you think is most important to me whenever – I mean, there's a million things we could talk about. But what I zero in when I think about this is DeAndre Swift. Can, can his role grow at all this year? He's got a new caveman of a coach that's surely going to want to bite ankles and run the football and everything. But we all know that Anthony Lynn uh, has made horrible donkey decisions in the past. I mean, name – I mean, just about the offense in general – in San Diego and Los Angeles, he didn't even want to play Justin Herbert until Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the lung. I mean, he just he doesn't seem to make good decisions. There's been all the rhetoric about Jamal Williams being the A back, DeAndre Swift being the B back, even okay. though that even, okay. even even though that junk was I feel like taken way out Can of I ask context. You a question? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? 
Do you think Mike Zimmer is an innovative coach? Well, defensively, he he was certainly thought of as an innovative mind for quite quite some let time. Me, let, let me rephrase the question. Do you think Mike Zimmer is an innovative offensive coach? <laughs> no. no, right? You don't you don't think of him, right? That's not him, right? You think of, <laughs> does Mike Zimmer strike you the red Mike Zimmer who is the color of this bandana? His face is the color of this bandana, right? I'm Mike Zimmer now, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, you need to put on some clear, some like clear sport glasses. Too. He is the, I mean, the, the guy with the, the, the raccoon, yeah. uh, 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 tan line around his eyes. Yeah. And that's not, that's when he's, that's before he gets mad. Yeah. Right. So he's a ankle biting type guy, right? Sure. Sure. Right. But yeah. do you remember what happened last year when people were winning a million dollars with Kirk cousins as their quarterback in DFS? Do you remember what happened? Um, I explain that's a rhetorical question. What happened was their defense crumbled and their offensive line crumbled and they had no choice, but they had to throw the ball and throw and throw and throw and throw. So when they would go to Atlanta, it would be a 48, 45 game. That's what happens. And it doesn't matter what he's saying to the media. It doesn't matter how he feels. Nothing matters other than the personnel on the field and the game situations these teams find themselves in. And it will force the coach. It'll force Brian Schottenheimer to throw in the first half of, of 2020. Yep. It'll force Mike Zimmer into a, a, a seven to three pass to run ratio at points in the season. So the question is in Detroit, not who the coach is, but who the personnel is. And we know that the defense is going to struggle mightily to stop anybody. We also know their offensive line is a top 10 offensive line, especially in the run blocking department yep. with the Frank Ragnos. I think we, I think we have them at eight. I think we have them at eight. And now they've added Penny Sewell, the best offensive line in the last five years. So the best offensive line in the last five years to add to Frank Ragnow in this, this is, is a quality run blocking unit. And they drafted a running back with the second pick in the second round last year who was viewed by many for years as the best running back in college. Like the most talented running back in college. He was the number one Debbie pick for multiple years, DeAndre Swift. So this table is set for whoever the running back is in that offense with no receivers other than Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman and Quintez Cephas Cyphus. Whoever is going to be the focal point of that running game is going to be set up to just absolutely hog opportunities and score copious fantasy points and that guy's name is deandre swift and i'll tell you this in no world where i see that situation playing out is jamal williams gonna get me off that guy if i see a guy with a deandre swift resume and this the, the team dynamics falling into place that we want for him to score from the eight yard line on a red zone carry for him to take a screenplay for a touchdown with Penny Sewell out there in space, destroying two defensive players at the same time. Yeah. All of this is falling into place and I'm supposed to not draft Deandre Swift because they signed Jamal Williams. 
And he's falling too. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure an underdog, but you know, in some of these simulations, he's falling to the end of round two. Sometimes you can even get him at the beginning of round three. Oh, he, he's a round three running back. Yeah. So he's around there on underdog. He's falling to the end of round three. Oh, well, see, I mean, that just goes to show you how differently I think about DeAndre Swift. And, and, and that's the thing, man. It's like, it's the, it's the, hipster he's, a, cool. he's a no doubter. It's the, hipster, no it's the hipster cool kids right now who are on, on the best last ball year. That guy, remember last year at this exact ADP, remember who was at this exact ADP with a very similar running back pedigree in college, same age, same everything. Do you remember who was at this exact ADP last year? Um, same, same sort of same pedigree. color Jersey, same everything. Same, so it's a light blue jersey. Light blue jersey. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, JT. Okay. So this yeah. was the member, and then the Marlon Mack. I don't know Marlon mm-hmm. Mack. I don't know. And I was like, Marlon Mack is not going to get me off Jonathan Taylor in the third round. That's not right. going to happen, right? <laughs> and and what was one of the cases for Jonathan and, Taylor? And, and you even like Marlon Mack in the passing game with 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 Philip Rivers, one of the best checkdown quarterbacks in the league you knew he was going to be active in the passing game and you knew they had the best guard in football. Well, you could argue the lions have the best center in football and one of the best tackles already in football. And what's nice about Swift. And this is something that fantasy gamers, we, we give them the answers to the test, but we also show them how to fish. You're a fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> is that we, we say, listen, like take, t- just t- take a step back for a moment. Okay. Think about the types of quarterbacks that feed their running backs in the passing game. They're rarely mobile quarterbacks. So this is the case against J.K. Dobbins, that he's just not going to get the volume in the passing game to make him anything other than like a standard league guy that you're targeting. But DeAndre Swift he has the least mobile or one of the least mobile quarterbacks. I oh. love you have to. And this is something that people don't think about as much as they should. You have to love that DeAndre Swift's quarterback is Jared Goff. That when Jared Goff is under duress, he has no choice but to dump it off. Whereas when a Hurts, when a Lamar, when Kyler, when they're under duress, they can scramble. Right. So there's less targets that end up going to those guys. That's why when a Teddy Bridgewater is back there or a Jared Goff is back there or a Tom Brady, of course, well, there's a reason why Leonard Fournette's target share was so high in the second half and in the playoffs last year. Why was that? Why was his target share in line with Mike Evans? Because he has a statuesque quarterback. Think about the receivers that were getting the most targets the last five years. It's Alvin Kamara. It's Austin Eckler. And that was Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the run, the quarterbacks that will stand in the pocket and dump it off. So just another reason, other than all the other situational and, and talent-based reasons that we're bullish on DeAndre Swift. What about what about for the AFC South? I think that whenever I look at um 
the AFC South, obviously the Deshaun Watson. We could talk about Deshaun Watson. But I mean, who wants to do that? That's obviously a major, major, major storyline. I know that you recently. I was listening to your podcast with Scott Fish. You made you recently made a big dynasty trade for Deshaun Watson that I found I found pretty interesting. Kind of a swindly trade between you two. Uh, but um, well, and, swindly? What do you mean? Ah, just you know, it involved kind of a Deshaun Watson. It involved you sort of. Uh, it involved. Uh, you, your constant struggle to attain Tony Pollard. It was just a very, it was, it was a very podfatherish, uh, very podfatherish trade there. Um, well, what happened was I can just give a little background on this. All right, I love Tony Pollard. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I, I love Tony Pollard very much, and it also Tony Pollard is an interesting case in that he does illustrate he and Antonio Gibson illustrate how incompetent the coaching staffs are at uh, Memphis. Or have been. Yeah, man, really, it's really true, isn't it? It's I mean, true. No, no. It, whoever there's two and, two coaches and, need to get fired. And, whoever, and we'll whoever, still see what game will. But whoever I mean, told like, Trey Lance that he needs to play cornerback or get lost at Minnesota it was, was PJ Fleck, wasn't it? PJ Fleck <laughs> should be ashamed of himself and never yeah, work again. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that because that was basically with Bateman and Tyler Johnson on the roster. Could they could have competed for a Big Ten championship? So that was really, really, really stupid. So that's number one. The other coach that really should be ashamed of himself is in in Memphis, in that clearly Darrell Henderson, who was, uh, you know, relegated by Malcolm Brown last year, had no business getting all those touches over Pollard and Gibson. And it makes me also question Kenny Gainwell and whether – his volume was justified and deserved. So it also makes me feel better about Miles Miles Sanders. I feel better about Miles Sanders because the, the, the league said, you know what, Gainwell has a real Memphis stench to him. So we're going to let him follow the fifth round. So for that reason, I'm, I'm all in on Miles Sanders. I'm not worried about uh, Kenny Gainwell because if, if you were good at Memphis, that means you're bad in the league. If you're bad at Memphis, that means you're good in the league. So... I love Tony Pollard because he was bad at Memphis, which means he's awesome. You follow? <laughs> yes. So, so, so I'm going after Pollard because I think that – well, I don't think that. I, I'm pretty sure that the Cowboys are going to have the best offense in the league, partly because they have the worst defense. So you have the, a bad defense, a good offensive line, a great quarterback, and the best weapons at receiver that maybe have ever existed. So let's let's go, Cowboys. Let's right. Go. Let's go. So, so I was trying to get Pollard from Scott Fish, but then what happens is you start stacking assets to try to make a trade work, and you start growing and growing. There's a, it's called trade creep, right? Scope creep with trades, where the trade creeps and creeps and creeps. Suddenly, What's a, what is what is scope creep? Scope creep is in a project like it's a construction term. Oh, where you think that you need to just put on a new roof, but it turns out you need a new chimney. And then because you need a new chimney, you also need a new oh, foundation. I'm doing this shit. I got scope creep going on this very fucking second with my deck out in the backyard. Yes, I, a deck. I, I That's to, a perfect I needed, thing. I, need, I, 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 I needed to fix two stairs. I, he opened up. He's like, yep. this whole joist is rotten. Yep. He, he's like, let's pull up through. All the joists are rotten. Yep. And next yep. thing you know, build a new, I have a new you fucking new gutter project. system. You need a whole new <laughs> water management system. Yep. Scope creep. I love that yeah all right. warm water management you got you're fucked in every level yeah you're oh, gonna bring yeah. it suddenly there's three backhoes in your backyard yes yeah 
scope creep. <laughs> That's great. It's scope creep. It happens to everybody. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, and this is trade creep. So where the trade just gets bigger and bigger to try to oh, balance yeah. it out. But the, the kernel started with Pollard. Right. So that, that's how it happened. And then I ended up getting, it was basically Pollard and, 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 and Sean Watson for Mixon and a bunch of other, it was just, it was a good trade. We liked the trade. It was a good trade. He wanted to win this year. I was just betting on 2022. It worked out really well. It was a really a hand in glove type trade. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, but I wanted to talk about AFC South, but as long as we're on the NFC East, like I think that that is an important thing. Can you just tell me like why it is you're so interested in Pollard and whether that I know that was a dynasty league that we're talking about, but are you right. that interested in him in redraft this year? You think that there's such donks that they're yeah. just gonna they're just gonna play Zeke until unless he gets hurt because this is the first year of his contract of his new contract. He certainly looks good in these TikTok videos he's putting up. People talk about how I mean the, the well, offensive we're, line. We want running backs that are gonna absolutely smash. Right. We want running backs going to be a real difference maker, real competitive advantage. And there's only one of those guys that I can tell with certainty has that in his range of outcomes. Where if I told you, Alex, Zeke breaks his foot, okay, oh, and Tony know. Pollard is putting up 25 fantasy points a game, you wouldn't blink. No, no. You wouldn't even – that wouldn't even surprise you in the least if he was a top three running back in fantasy football. I don't know of any running back that has nearly that kind of upside in the event of an injury. So, number one, in the event of an injury, no one has more upside than Pollard. It's not even close in that offense. It's going to be banana city. Just mm-hmm. so many points, just like a video game. But also, I think that they're going to play him strategically – to rest Elliot and rest him because of the 17 game season. And because he's getting older, I think there's going to be whole drives where Pollard is the guy. I think there's going to be situations like the hurry up offense where they just decide it's going to be Pollard and hurry up. And now he's a guy you can flex in PPR regardless with, you know, a running back that can give a, a seriously, he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but situation matters. Whereas if he gets the starting job with no Elliott, then he can compete with Christian McCaffrey on a week-to-week basis in the fantasy points department. Where I can't find anyone else like that in those rounds. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, in, in redraft, you can get him as you, literally as you're running back five. I mean, it's like... You got to get him. You got to get him. And just because we, we upside wins championships in a 12-man league, 12-person league, you know, your chances are less than 10% of winning, assuming everyone's equal. Well, this is this is the this is the great sort of difference maker type player, and half of the running backs are going to miss games. So, I mean, yes, let's let's go. I mean, think yeah. of the running backs last year: McCaffrey no, missed in. half the season, yeah, Saquon in. missed half the season, and it happens. So it it just happens. Now it was cool to see Elliott show up in such great shape. That was cool because usually he looks puffy. Yeah. So to see him look sleek was cool. I like that. I like Elliot too. See, I also like well, Elliot. I'm in on Elliot and I'm in on Pollard. But you can I'm, be in on both. I, but and, and it's not like I'm a guy who's usually in on handcuffing. And like I'm not in on both those guys because I want to handcuff. I'm, I'm not, in on. Yeah, it's not even. I'm in on them for like, very separate reasons. If very separate standalone reasons. If I have Elliot, I'm less likely to draft Pollard because now I'm hedging and hedging is mm-hmm. for suckers, right? I'm not <laughs> yeah, hedging. Man. So. If I don't have Elliot, I want Pollard more, but I'm mm-hmm. not a handcuffer at all. Like right. I'm here to win. If I made a bad decision and Elliot goes down in flames, 
Uh, I'm not here for insurance policies. I don't have insurance on anything. If I well, if you, an accident occurs, I'm gonna, if if an accident occurs, I'm going to write a check. I'm going to pull out my wad of cash and I'm going to pay cash. <laughs> Fuck insurance. <laughs> well, you you technically have to have insurance on on on, on your uh, home. I, I I do believe. Other than, other other than that, though. Okay, that you, was if I, you, and your car. You get, yes, Alex. Get, I understand there's regulations. <laughs> you need insurance on some things. If you get in a fender bender with Matt Kelly, expect him to pull out the water cash. And yeah, start, I just start, I just pay just, cash. There's no need deals. for insurance. So we've been over the NFC South, the AFC West, the AFC North, the NFC North, the NFC East. Now we 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 need to talk about the AFC South. Mm. And I think that we probably well, no, need what I want to say with the AFC South is no one wants to talk about Houston because it's just, it's so, it's so ambiguous. No one knows what's going to happen. Any Deshaun Watson is just up in the air. It's all, it's all TBD, but Brandon cooks is an incredible value yeah, because yeah. if you recall the year when Deshaun Watson missed eight games. I don't remember what it was. It might have been a broken shoulder or arm. It was something. Or no, he tore his ACL. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL like in his second year. And in the second half of the season, Tom Savage was the quarterback in Houston. And a funny thing happened. DeAndre Hopkins' fantasy point scoring went up. Went up. His catch rate went down. The catchable targets went down. His efficiency cratered. But his target share went from 30 to 40. Because the backup quarterback can't go through the read progressions as quickly and is going to lock in on the alpha. This is how Cortland Sutton has such a good year two years ago in spite of just absolute worst-case scenario accuracy Yeah, from the quarterback. So... It doesn't much matter whether it's Davis Mills or if it's Deshaun Watson. It's probably not going to be Tyrod Taylor for more than a few games till they turn it over to Davis Mills. Tyrod Taylor hurts Cooks in that the volume goes down. There's more rushing. So, but yes, Tyrod's I, getting old. He might not want to rush as much. But, but, but Tyrod, he just he has a very weak throwing arm, so it's not great. I understand mm-hmm. that. But anyone else, anyone else running that offense is going to feed cooks no matter what. And, and it's this great fallacy that, that the, the number one receiver on the, on the target pecking order is quarterback dependent. They're really not. So if, 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 if Jordan loves the quarterback in green Bay, Adams is still a, a, a wide receiver one. It hurts Lazard. It hurts Scantling. It hurts Tunyon, especially. Yeah, sure. Okay. Those yeah. guys are all, nuked in a jordan love vapor i mean just vaporized vaporized, right you know were you at that jordan love senior bowl was it were you at that one he was was not that impressive the funny here my favorite thing about that senior that was i was at that senior bowl so jordan love was supposedly the big armed guy Uh coming in right remember yeah biggest arm in college football and it was so funny because he totally wasn't at that senior bowl. He had a big arm. It was clear, but it was like a, just a different deal when Herbert would throw and it would have that extra carry, like a he, long driver. He, he would, he would push it. The ball had this extra push out at the end, mm-hmm. this extra carry that loves didn't have. 
And so it was like, so on the first day it was obvious. It was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Jordan love strong arm. Good. Good for you. But Her- Justin Herbert, my God, man. But I'm, but I'm with you that I feel like Jordan love could, could carry a, carry a wide receiver one. And so green light to draft Devonte Adams and green light to draft uh, Brandon cooks, because you're not going to get a guy that has the passing game to himself with speed and who's always he losing. finished with a flourish last year, and they're going to be behind every game. Negative game script every a four week. game, a four game win total in a seventeen game season. <laughs> it's just it's the classic player that yeah. looks gross on paper. Yeah, who ends up helping you win your league? It classic, just classic. It's the reason why a lot of these best ball squads you draft the ones that look gross are the ones that win. Because they'll have the guys that are just getting a thirty percent target share, walking out of you know, rolling out of bed. Two two more divisions. Uh, you got to roll out of bed super early to watch early football games in this part of the world over on the left coast. What about the NFC West? Um, anything stick out to you? Is that I mean, clearly, I think that the probably the most popular storyline people would say is you know, is Shane Waldron the new offensive mm. coordinator in seattle is he yeah. going to let russ cook what, yeah. What, yeah. What, what are they going to do uh, do you have any thoughts about that or anything else in the in, in nfc west i think that that is a probability and we've never seen russell wilson finish top 10 in the league in pass attempts or even dropbacks but it could happen this year and if it does happen just get ready for it just get ready for it you need to draft tyler lockett just in case it happens you need to draft Chris Carson just in case it happens. Carson goes third round. Love him there. Terrific. Right? So yeah. I, I like, so if I'm sequencing a draft, you're probably going to go running back in the first round. It's also going to push a lot of quality receivers like Adams, like Ridley, like Diggs into the second round. So my most popular sequence is running back, receiver, running back. And I, I just did this in a draft. I went uh, running back, receiver, running back, receiver. I went Eckler, Diggs, uh, Carson, Lockett, right? And then you come back with Russell Wilson. Wilson. And another, another teaching how to fish moment is the work we've done at Player Profiler. Go to the article section. Go to the analysis. There's a bunch of analysis on stacking. And it turns out stacking is a great tactic, not just for best ball, not just when you're optimizing your lineup automatically by the computer, but in general, you need to be stacking. You actually will get more fantasy points in the end of the, when the, when the season's over, if you had focused on stacking and it's part of my no hedging policy, not only am I not hedging, I'm aggressively trying to make bets on teams and individual stacks within teams. So Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett is my favorite stack because Russell Wilson is still mobile enough to give you that rushing upside, but also he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks. He's going to go down in history as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's going to play forever. Just watch, watch it all unfold. It's going to be fun to watch his career play out. And the number is going to be just incredible. And I think that they have to start doing him a better service and stop being cowards. <laughs> and if you are you know, telling your players to be tough mentally, then you need to stop being a coward and running the ball. And 
Seattle needs to stop letting teams off the hook. And I think that it's very possible that as they've seen this trend where the Chargers were passing the ball at an incredibly high rate last year, the Bills had great success, the Buccaneers had great success passing the ball at a, at a high rate and using a lot of screen plays, especially with the box to instead in, in lieu of running the ball. It's becoming more and more popular. I think that that's part of why they made the move. Not I, I've heard the narrative that like Pete was mad that Brian Schottenheimer of all play, was, was, was running too much. I doubt that's the case. My thinking is he wants a new philosophy. He probably wants more analytics. And then they're backing that up by going out and drafting Eskridge. So the signals beyond – fuck the coach speak. Fuck what the beat reporters are saying. The signals where the, the, the teams don't lie in the draft. They went and got Eskridge. They don't, they don't lie in their, in their coaching hires. Yeah. So I feel like there's a 30% chance – that they could just completely unleash Russell Wilson. He finishes top 10 in pass attempts. And if he finishes top 10 in pass attempts, then number one quarterback in fantasy is well within his range of outcomes. Oh yeah. Easy for sure. And, and just, you remember he was just, oh, God, he was just right. If, if I'm melting our franchise to start, I want you could, him. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I want him. So if there's a guy that can compete with, and in last year, Mahomes wasn't, I said, a guy to compete Mahomes wasn't the, the the top quarterback in fantasy last year. It wasn't what, Mahomes? What, what it was it? it was Josh Allen. Josh Allen. So who's going to be this year's Josh Allen? Why not Russell Wilson? Two 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 of my favorite senior bowlers ever. Speaking of those guys, boy, what what a senior bowl that was with Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. That was quite a that was oh that I was, bet. that was quite I wish a I was there. Um, Soon enough, brother, we'll, we, we, we will be back down in, in, in Mobile doing it all. I'll be there 2022. Book it. We have one division left. It's your <gasps> it's your division, the AFC East. Even though you are even though you are the king of the I, north. I have two points on the AFC East. I want to start by saying one of the reasons why TJ Uzoma is getting this ADP bump is because no one ever writes about the Bengals because they have one fucking newspaper. <laughs> okay, and that newspaper is holding on by a thread, yeah. right? They have like I'm sure they have like donation drives to keep the newspaper, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the, the, the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Inquirer, yeah. to keep it alive, right? So that's the reason why there's not a lot of buzz. Why is there no? no there should be more buzz about Jamar Chase. There's only you, one newspaper. Have you, have, have you ever been to, to Cincinnati? It's tiny. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty neat little town, man. But they it's a town, just like Indianapolis is a town. They put it's not a city, I barely. Think, I mean, maybe technically, but not like a traditional city in the United States that we're used to. So of yeah. course, there's not going to be buzz. But on the flip side, why do you think every Jets player, other than Denzel Mims, is getting hype? Because they have 17 newspapers, and they're just they, they descend on these camps, and they have to have something to write about. Oh yeah, big the fantasy city, gamers big, yeah. are the perfect sucker for these <laughs> these media conglomerates in New York. Now all of a sudden, uh, Elijah Moore is the man, and oh, but also uh, Jameson Crowder could be a value, and don't forget about Corey Davis, and all these running backs look good, and and Zach. Zach Wilson and his mom are going to be great. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a second. This is not even possible. These are the Jets. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? The one thing the Jets are decent at 
is uh, defensive at the at the point of attack, defensive line, offensive line. And if I'm going to take a chance on anyone in this in this whole game, it's going to be the least. You want an ambiguous passing game? That's the Jets. We'll just take maybe the most talented player, who's also the most affordable, is Denzel Mims. So fade the the New York media machine, but you know, claiming that Denzel Mims is on the outside looking in. Shut up. You don't know. Okay what the deal is with Denzel Mims. So I'm going for Denzel Mims just based on betting on the talent and Ty Johnson, who is the most explosive because <laughs> Tevin Coleman is slow at this point. He, he was is. explosive, but he's been degraded. His fast twitch muscle fibers are, 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 are leaking. He's leaking, you know, radiator fluid or whatever. So give me Ty Johnson in the final round in these deeper leagues. Why not? Right, that, that's what they're because, good at running the because, ball. well, because he's because he's just never been good in the NFL. I mean, Tevin Coleman has at least been good for a while, and he has some familiarity with that staff. I mean, Saleh obviously knew him from the time they were in San Francisco. He's a guy who they chose to bring in. I know, you know but you're not at the end of the year. There's it's it's a zero percent chance that anyone's thinking, okay, Tevin Coleman was the reason that I won this league. It's not <laughs> happening. But what about Ty Johnson? That's not happening. Why not? Because he's Ty Johnson. Yeah, but he's 210 pounds. He ran a 4-4 flat at his pro day. I know, and he's not been good yet. And he was uh, the best running back at Look, Maryland. The reason why he wasn't playing more at Maryland is the big open question, right? But they, they, they I wish he was better. Uh, but <laughs> in college, too. I wish he was better. <laughs> but last too. year, he showed flashes as a slasher and as a pass catcher. And I think there's a higher probability that, that he could help you for a full season than Tevin Coleman. Now that's not the main storyline of the, of the well, AFP. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure line. that I got yeah, that, gonna, I, that I have my position okay. was clear on how I'm playing the jets uh, where got it. I'm not listening to the news reports. I'm just taking the least expensive guys with explosiveness. Before we move on to the final main main storyline, let me just say two things. One, Matt and I are going to come up with some kind of bet for who finishes with the four fantasy points. Sure. Who, who who finishes with twenty five? I'm going to go Ty Johnson. There. Thirty two between yeah, go uh, Ty, Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. We'll we'll figure that yeah. bet out. Well, it's, it's probably going to be Michael Carter, but Michael Carter. We're not allowed to take Michael. Carter. No, 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 no. You have to. If you can't take two, Michael Carter, yeah, then you're between the, two the next bad two options. guys. Yeah, the yeah, two yeah. bad options. The two bad uh, options. They, but just with the Jets, I mean, just you know, they got the big unit, Mackay Becton. They have Elijah. Javier Tucker now they just picked up Morgan Moses that's starting to look like a better offensive line there could be some there could be something to be said there for that for that um for that running game I know I know but but the real question is when is Mac Jones going to start when is Mac Jones going to start it's not if it's not if it's when and Mac Jones is doing the thing that will ensure that you play which is he is playing the game, right? He is a corporate quarterback, right? He is a, uh, a, a, a political creature, this Mac Jones. He mm-hmm. knows what the coaches want, and he is here to tell them what they want to hear and show them what they want to see. So he is going to play, right? And like I said, Keyshawn Vaughn is doing the opposite. Whatever the coaches want or whatever they think he should do, he's just not doing it and just saying, fuck you. So the other thing is, 
you go to the senior bowl, you look at Mac Jones and you're like, Oh, this guy has plenty of arm talent. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he may be the fastest processor we've ever seen mm-hmm. at the senior bowl. And he has one of the best seasons of all time in college. And he didn't like, it's not like he did it with rugs and Judy and Waddle. He didn't, he did it with only Devonte Smith, a 100 nothing pound receiver who runs a four, nothing 40. He made that guy a Heisman winner, not just a Bolitnikoff, the Heisman. Okay. He turned him into an all world wide receiver by using his eyes, using his timing to hit him in stride on bubble screens and every type of route there is every single fucking time, Alex, Yeah, because his ball placement and his processing is so good that he's undeniable. And he also is just as athletic as a lot of these other quarterbacks that are coming out now. Oh, Herbert and, 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 and Zach Wilson, he has above average speed burst agility. This is not Jared Goff. This is not Drew Brees. This is not a stationary quarterback. He has tactical scrambling ability. So on every level, I think that Mac Jones is underrated. I think that the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers fucked up not drafting either Fields or Jones. The Patriots got an incredible gift. It was like when when the Celtics got Larry Bird or, I mean, unfortunately, you know, uh, Len Bias passed away, but it was like this is a championship team with a championship pedigree in New England, and now they get the number one pick, right? This is this doesn't seem fair. How the hell did they pull this off, right? Uh, well, how the hell did they pull off getting Mac Jones, who could have gone with the number three pick to San Francisco? I think that that conversation that Kyle Shanahan was having with himself was real. I think he was considering Mac Jones. So if you're if Mac Jones is in consideration at three falls to 15 someone made a mistake because Kyle Shannon is above average across the board everyone would agree with that so now the question is well it's just when 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 because on the other end of that spectrum by the way Cam Newton's not here to play politics he's not here to tell Bill Belichick what he doesn't care right he's here he's doing Cam he's been doing Cam his whole career he's going to keep doing Cam he's never not doing Cam at no point do you ever see Cam and he's not doing Cam. Cam's doing Cam. And as okay. we we and as and just as, as we weave together these storylines in our mind and come to our conclusion, we look that first New England is going to be at home versus Miami and Brian Flores, who certainly knows how to deal okay, with Cam Newton at, at at the New York Jets, who we know are going to be good for opposing wide receivers. But Matt talked about at the point of attack, Cam will have much trouble running on those guys. The same thing will happen in week three at home versus New Orleans. And finally in week four. Oh, Tom Brady Uh-oh. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Uh-oh. come back home to Foxborough, Uh-oh. thoroughly dismiss, dismantle, and leave Cam Uh-oh. Newton dismayed to where Mac Jones comes in in week five to start at the Houston Texans. Get ready for it, baby. Get ready for it, baby.